All right. Three, two, one. Everyman Podcast. Everyman. What up, Oof. brother Jay? Oof. Brother, I tell you. Another week. Another, another pod. Another week. Another pod. Another member in the Cosmic Canoe. That's right. And uh, now we're just turning into Scarface here. We're doing a whole Cuban thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, not sure where that came from. Uh, DC, Daryl Campbell, the big dog. How are you, brother? What's going on? Dude, man, I'm I'm blessed and highly favored, mm. man. With brother Jay, like I said, we got another another brother in the cosmic canoe with us. Man, life is good, bro. It sure is. Uh, our is guest good. this week is uh, none other than my brother from another mother, Dusty Wang from Between the Buried and Me. Um, <laughs> Grammy nominated Between the Buried and Me. Dusty is. Uh, He's he's a great friend of mine. He's he's uh, one of my favorite musicians in the world. Just even if he wasn't my friend, I uh, love his playing. I love his style. Love his attitude. Um, we had some. We you know, recently between the Barry to me had this amazing weekend on Twitch, and they were they were doing their their thing on there and uh, reached out to text. Just said, "Hey, bro, just watch a stream. It's fucking great. Loved it." And uh, then Dusty was like, hey, man, you know, I got some things I want to talk about. Let's do a pod. So I said, you know what? Let us. Let us pod. And Let's. here we are. Hell and, yeah, you dude. know, we've been talking about the summer of the everyman. This really has been the summer of the everyman. You know, if there's one silver lining to these uncertain circumstances is that, my Lord, have we had some good podcasts this summer. Yeah, dude. Just awesome guests. And I think, you know, Dusty is just like everybody that hops in the cosmic canoe with us, they're just beautiful human beings, man. Just a good dude, man. You know what I mean? For real. Just a good brother. He really is. And and, and we, we, we talk about, you know, what's up with BT Bam. We talk a little bit about obviously the Twitch stream and some, some gear stuff. We talk about his new amps situation and his new signature guitar. Um, but we talk about kind of the ups and downs and the ebb and flow of being a, a touring musician or an entertainer, uh, like we, uh, like we all are here on the uh, Everyman mm-hmm. Podcast, and um, it was just one of those conversations that that really uh, made me think a lot. And I hope I hope that you guys listen to this wherever you are. If you're if you're driving around, if you're if you're cutting up carrots in the kitchen, if you're chopping wood in the backyard, um, you could be. You might even be. You know, they have waterproof headphones now. You might even be swimming yeah. underwater, um, listening Getting to this. In. Yeah, get the, you know stroking and. Listening to the Everyman podcast, I hope this is another great conversation with with somebody that I know I look up to as a, as a talent, um, as a, as an artist, as a songwriter. And you know, if if you're checking us out for the first time, this is your first time here on the Everyman podcast because you're a big Dusty Waring fan, you're a big BT Band fan. Welcome to the Cosmic Canoe. Um, you know, this is just one of many 
awesome interviews that we have with Between the Bear and Me. We just had Tommy Rogers on a few weeks ago in the archives there. I believe it was episode 76. Uh, we just had, uh, you know, Mark Holcomb from Periphery, Matt Halpern from Periphery. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this gentleman you may have heard of, John Petrucci of Dream Theater uh, in the archives here. So if, if you're into the progressive metal, if you're into just guitar players and shredders and just entertainers and, and you're looking for something positive and, and you found your way here to the Everyman Podcast, welcome. We hope you stick around. We hope you guys enjoy this interview with, with Dusty Waring. And I think with that, let's hit it, brother. Let's go. This week on the Everyman Podcast, we have a really special guest. He's a good good friend of mine. Real uh, tightly wound into my life in a lot of different ways. And uh, you may know him as the guitarist for the Grammy-nominated Between the Barrier to Me. Ladies and gentlemen... Dusty Waring. Dusty, what's up, my brother? Money. It's uh, it's good to have you here, man. Last time last time we had you on the Everyman podcast uh, was last summer, and you guys were on tour um, at, at Reverb up in uh, up in Reading, Pennsylvania. It was a Sunday. We went out. We had some wings. At, uh, had a good show. <laughs> it was a great show. Great wings. Great show. And, yeah, uh, you know, great time. And we had a great podcast. And on that episode, it was yourself and Blake together. Um, and, uh, we talked a lot about between the Barry to me and we took some questions from the fans. And if you guys are listening to this, you know, for the first time, um, you know, check out those other, those other episodes. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about BT band, but we're also going to talk more about you. Um, so right off the bat, man, uh, you guys just came off like a incredibly successful weekend of Twitch shows and it was big news. You guys promoted it for a few weeks. And you know, and the Everman, we're we're really we have a Twitch channel. We're really into it. Um, first of all, congratulations on the excellent launch on that man. Really, I was just Thanks, man. thrilled to to watch that and see how many. I don't people... know much about Twitch. Like Blake's like the the Twitch guy, so um, I didn't know what to expect. I thought you know, I thought we'd have like a few hundred people watching. You know, <laughs> it ended up being like a ton of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was the number one. It was the number one uh, music all weekend on on Twitch, and even the replays. It was it was wild. And like watching the chat go, and just I know like it's people from all over the world, and just everybody was was into it. And you guys were great. Um, so so tell us, man, what you know? How did that all come together? Whose whose idea was it? And uh, how did it all come together? You know how did how did that come out? You know what's funny is um, we've we've been joking around about this idea since we were writing colors, you know, like over 10 years ago, we, we thought it would be funny. We were like, man, what if we just stream concerts and set it home? <laughs> this is just joking around. Right. And like, you know, stuff like that kind of has started happening over the years. And then, you know, with the current, you know, status of the world, we, uh, it, it ended up becoming a reality, you know, it's not like anybody can really go out and play right now. So um, Blake's been doing uh, streams, playing drums, <clears throat> and uh, I think I think it was his idea. He was just like, "Why don't we 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 got a new practice space?" And he he planned on building that drum room, and uh, he was like, "Why don't we just stream a show, do like a weekend of streams, and just see if it works?" And you know, me and Paul playing these things now and you can uh not that we'll run them direct live but for that 
it worked out really, really well. Um, everyone was direct. Blake was in a, a drum room. Um, had a cameraman. We had uh, Courtney. Remember Courtney that toured with us forever? I brought him home with me, and um, he's usually out with Brothers Osborne. And uh, he mixed the show. And it was awesome, man. We did like a little cover song for the sound check. And there, like I said, there was a ton of people. Um, first night was a little nerve wracking just because we hadn't played in forever, man. You yeah. know, and this stuff, it's like, it's like being a runner. And then, you know, you stop training for a while and then you just try to come right back to it. So we were all kind of trying to keep up. Um, and you know, luckily it comes back pretty fast, but we just had to get one under our belt. I, I definitely think we played better the second day, but, um, uh, it was awesome, man. Then doing the, the, the Q and A's and the third day, you know, if I was a fan, I would have thought that was like crazy because we had the actual pro tools files. I, so yeah, to that was, I'd never seen anything like that. And like kind of divulge secrets that. You know, even people that listen to the record forever didn't pick up that, like, this riff from this song is repeated over here. It's all this weird thematic stuff and uh, isolating guitars, vocals, bass, drums, answering questions, you know, talking shit to Paul, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it was a good time, man. Um, unbelievable feeling to be back with my guys. And, yeah. You know, I feel like. I feel like that's a similar dynamic to sports, you know, when you're you're with your guys all the time, even if it's a bad performance, even if it's a great performance, you know, you're still picking at each other, eat, sharing meals, sharing time together all the time, and uh, you know, it's been a while now, you know, so it was really nice to to be back with them and be able to joke around and just play and feel normal for a second. You know what I mean? What? Even though that was a different, it was a different context, you know, um, it was streaming, like there was nobody there watching, but still, you're still able to like perform with your people. Yeah. And just have that dynamic, you know, be in the group again and know that you're making people excited again. Just feel something other than like uncertainty and negative <laughs> shit on the internet. You know what I mean? and the news and whatnot. It was to get back in your zone and just, just feel like, you know, obviously we were all, we're meant to be doing that. So it was nice to, uh, to do it. Even though it was different, you know, it's team shit, man. I, you know, I feel you when you say those words, man, because I miss that. I miss being in the locker room. I miss, I miss my boys, you know, um, I mean, you talk to everybody every now and then. Everybody has kids. Everybody's grown up. But, you know, whenever you talk, you always reminisce about the things you guys used to do, the plays you used to make, you know, playing off of one another. That one time where you were too heavy-handed and got, you know, you, you hit him, he hit you, you guys get up, you laugh, you know what I mean? You're trying to run back and do things. And, you know, um, and, you know, for me, being here is cool at NFL Films doing this. It's a different team. It's a different mindset, but it's still not like getting your hands down in the dirt and, you know, yeah. just um, it's all love, man. It's yeah. all love, man. And and I'm, I'm, I'm an ultimate team guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was, people used to call me issue man <laughs> when I played because 
because if I wasn't, if I wasn't at home, I was at the facility. If I wasn't at the facility, I was, you know, with, with my boys at a park doing something, you know what I mean? Working on moves, stuff like that. And, and when it stops, man, it's just like, you know, you know, silence like that is just too fucking loud, you know? And, and, you, and, and, you, and there's like nothing, you know, it's like, uh, what do you do with that? And there's only so many times you can just try to go into like spaces where there are people so you can try to drown it out. But that shit doesn't work. Do you know, people used to be like, DC, why do you spend like all of your hours at fucking Best Buy playing Guitar Hero? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, don't you don't you like have a life? I'm like, and the, the sad thing about it is I used to always say like, man, like my life is football. But like, you know, I, I love all my brothers, man. I, I love being out there. I love being with them. And you know what I mean? Um, when I played the play the game, I was single. So didn't have any kids, you know? So it's just like, it's, 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 that's what it is. It's just, it's just ball, it's your boys. And when it's over, you know, it, uh, it sucks, man. You know, that's, that's one thing I always think about is, you know, every single person is different. You know, you, you know, I imagine it's the same in sports. You got, you got the guy that's kind of the emotional one that carries things a little heavier then you got the people that can totally shut off and just turn into somebody else immediately. And, um, you know, there's so many different personalities with talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it's kind of either or, or sometimes, sometimes people are just weirdos. You know what I mean? Because yeah. super talented people sometimes can have really weird things about them, right? You know? Um, yep. Well, there's... Melancholy, you know what I mean? We were just kind of having this conversation with Mark Holcomb from from Periphery about there's a cost to dedicating yourself to a craft, you know, whether it's drumming or football or guitar, touring, you know, or, or doing it, you know, in a, in a studio environment. Um, you have to kind of put a certain order of things to get those results. And then there's cost to get that. There's like there's no free lunch, you know, like you can't can't spend all your time in your room practicing to a metronome and also be uh, smooth with the ladies when you're, you know, 15 or 16. Like it, it takes, it takes time, you know? And, um, to be the hybrid. (laughs) Yeah, you sure are you (laughs) bastard. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, watching you guys on the stream, I could tell, you know, I watch all, I'm almost all of Blake's, you know, streams when I can. And, uh, I could, I see it in him and I was saying like, man, he, you guys are really playing with, not only passion to be performing, but I could tell there was passion between you guys playing with each other. And actually the Friday night stream, um, Daryl and I did the Everyman podcast live on Twitch, um, you know, Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we were about to go on. And I was like, you know what, dude, let's let's go watch BT Bam for a little bit. And uh, we were just like, I was like, it doesn't get much better than that, you know. And uh, it's just, uh, it was cool. And, and, and I want to talk about the gear uh, for a moment there. Um you know, you pointed back there to your Kemper um, set up there. And, uh, you know, I know you've always been kind of on the cutting edge of gear. And I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm always interested in something new, especially with flashing lights. So what, uh, what kind of new stuff were you using for the stream? Um, uh, I guess it was like a few months ago. Kind of when all this uh, crazy shit started. I, um, 
I had a bunch of guitar player buddies just be like, man, you just need to check out the Kemper, you know, like you've been on Axifex for 10 years, just check it out. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you play when you, when you tour on it for that long, you're going to have your issues with it, you know? For sure. Um, and I'm more, I'm a simple hands-on kind of guy, you know, just dial some shit in. It sounds good. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't make anything too complex. And this, this is, it's kind of like how Mac has an easy interface, right? So this is kind of like that. And everything you're playing is actually somebody went in the studio with whatever amp, whatever cab recorded, you know, they took like a digital screenshot of the sound and put it in this. So what you're playing is an actual profile of a real amplifier. So you can get online and be like, damn, I love that Prince tone from the beautiful ones. And somebody somewhere made that motherfucker, you know? Yeah. So you can, you can go and just download it right into this shit. And, um, that's amazing. You know, it's, uh, so the way I have it set up is right now, like when I'm at home, I have the left side running to the Seymour Duncan power amp going to a cab, Port City cab. So if I'm in my room and I want to like dial stuff in, like I'm going to do live or just play, I have that. And then out of the right side, it's going into my interface. So I literally just turn the power amp off and I'm recording direct into the computer. So live for the stream, we just had two XLR right and left out into the board. And you're done. And it was just no sound coming out, only in the in-ears. <clears throat> so it's crazy, man. It's, you know, it looks like a spaceship. It kind of is one. <clears throat> you know me. I love my LEDs, man. You can give me anything with a blinking light. You can change <laughs> you can change your colors and yeah, stuff. Sure. Just a little, you know, me and you like the lighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, it's like I remember back to like the first time I came across somebody with a pod back in the day, you know, and I was like, it was like a pod 1.5 or something. And this big, like car keys. Yeah, this big bean shaped piece of shit. And it's like, wow, this is cutting edge. Like it was like, this is the future. And then, uh, you know, this last year at NAM, I checked out the Kempers um, and I was, I couldn't believe it. You just, you're like, you're turning a dial and it's just like, you're changing the channel on the TV and going through all these different sounds cheaper than like the competitors you know what i mean yeah so are you are you not using the xfx at all anymore and no i'm not and no hatred to fractal makes unbelievable stuff and they're unbelievable people um and they've always been super helpful to me um i just kind of tried this and preferred it Mm -hmm. um you know they both do very similar things but the fractal i it's just different you know um I don't know. I mean, you know, I haven't done a tour with it yet. I just did the streams. I've been recording stuff and playing at home. <clears throat> and it sounds crazy, but um, feels good. It feels different. It feels like you're playing an amp. I mean, you essentially are, you know? Yeah. So it's got that weight under your right hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a guy named Michael Britt out of Nashville. He used to be in that band Lone Star, I believe. Okay. Sorry if that's not the right band. I'm pretty sure it is, but um, sounds familiar. He uh, <clears throat> he's a G, and he has several profile libraries of shit you'd never get your hands on. Like I've got 
one of his, I've got two of his libraries and I've got Keith Urban's like $90,000 Dumble amp, like straight up 90 grand for an amplifier. I've got the profile. Keith Urban shreds. Johnson's Plexi, you know, vintage Princeton's, all the sick Marshall's, uh, all the Cantrell amps from Bogner to Friedman. So you can just like transfer those over on a flash drive or something. Yeah, literally. Uh, I'm plugged in USB. And I just download them. And Dean DeLeo from STP, that like badass yeah. Denver tube preamp he had, that it's like super rare. I've got those profiles. And I mean, anything. Like I said, I could be like, I like that print sound or I like that uh, a guitar tone from Thriller or some shit. Like somebody <laughs> has made it. You know what I mean? That's like so you can cool. Have like the real thing. So, well, that's like the new, that's the new thing for, for every recording software is like ultimate flexibility. And like, uh, Matt Halpern was, was kind enough to, uh, to hook me up with, uh, get good drums, shout out to, uh, to get good. And if you guys are looking for drum programming, uh, definitely check it out. It's amazing what you're able to get out of like a box of software nowadays, you know, and, um, it's only going to get better and, and, uh, as new generations of musicians are growing up with access to all this stuff. It's going to really, it's going to really change the game. You know, there's more and more eight year olds that can play like John Petrucci every day. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm finding like seven year olds on YouTube that can outplay me. <laughs> have you seen that, that, uh, I actually, I don't know how I, I might've found him on off of Tosin's Instagram. His name's like Danny Capelli or D- Danny Capelli or something. It's just like little, Little little boy, he's like eleven years old, and he's a. F- guy that's got the dreads and the top no hat. little no no little white kid, brown hair, just unassuming boy, and this kid <laughs> plays like Eric Johnson. It's unreal. It's it's Jeez. the craziest. Yeah, so dude, good. It's, it, it's like that with everything, man. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's, there's like there's like eighth graders dunking on people. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> there's just some shit in the milk or something nowadays, man. Like yep. something going I don't on, know man. What it is. <laughs> Everything is just, I mean, my, a good buddy of mine, uh, Sean, he's been, he's been hanging out with BT Bam glass casket since like, you know, 2002 or something, just total homie. And, um, he's from like, you know, Miami area and, and used to work with all the top high school recruits. And now he works out at, uh, like USC. That's like his favorite college. So he's out there working with people and, uh, he sends me pictures of kids that are like the size of a Tahoe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the biggest person you've ever seen. Uh, like, you know, bro, this guy's 15. Like, yeah. What? That shit's crazy, man. I see Dude. that shit every year at Combine, man. Every time I do it, I'm like, what the fuck are you eating? Like, <laughs> for real. blows me away, though. How can somebody be like 6'8", 390, and run like a four eight. Yeah. How? Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, you're like a a, a Viking. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like freaking. I think Jesus. it's like everybody's turned into like like a LeBron James prototype. It's like everyone's gonna be six eight, two eighty, you know, four four speed, just super freaks. Like you're not gonna be allowed to play pro sports unless you're six eight, two eighty, shredded. Yeah, and everybody's just getting bigger you know i feel like i feel like even um you know i love sports man but i feel like if you look at like classic nfl film you know like one of the baddest dudes ever jack lambert he really wasn't that big no 
He was just yeah. mean as shit. Mean as shit, bro. <laughs> mean as fucking shit, bro. Didn't have tea, just came to party. Oh, yep. Wear a shirt to the game. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes gone. on the sidelines and shit. It's gone. Hitting people, mushing them in the face. Yeah. Yeah, they were they that was a different breed back then. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's when you could like swing on somebody like dead in the face and it was just like, all right. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. Yeah, I gotta going backwards though, man. We got like like you know, watching watching the last dance, like mm. I was pumped. Because yeah. like I'm not a basketball fan, but obviously at my age, I'm thirty five. Who's not I a fan of Jordan? Growing up, because of Jordan. Oh yeah. And yeah. watching that, going back, like I've been, I've, I've seen, I watch Sports Center all the time, and you know, you watch basketball. The season is so damn long. You're always watching highlights, and um, you've gotten used to the way it is nowadays. Whereas, like, you watch the Last Dance, and you're like, Dennis Robbins, like. I just wanted to go out there, get my fucking nose broke and feel something. And you're like, man, that is so physical. Like, these guys were, like, throwing each other around. And now, like, yeah, it's, I know. Like, it's like soccer now. You know, like, somebody, like, stomps from you and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't get it. I know, I man. <laughs> I know. And then my don't friends just tell me I don't get it. And I go, you're right. I don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah, I could watch honestly a whole series on Dennis Rodman after watching The Last Dance. I was like, "There's a documentary on in my past the other day. I need to, I need to check it out." What's it? Do you know what it's called? I think it was just called Rodman, dude. Oh, what a fucking I guy! What a guy! I, I watched the George Foreman one the other night. Big George. George. Big boxing fan. Hell yeah, bro! There's a great. Tyson. Oh, dude, Tyson was a fucking dog, bro. Get out there, just. Yeah. Lay you out in like twenty seconds. Are you guys excited? Like modern training footage is terrifying. You, oh, well, that fight bro. got pushed back. Him and Roy Jones. I, I think I think it got pushed back because they were on the same. They had the same day as Canelo, and he's like the he's the top yeah. dog nowadays. So they were probably like, "Look, Mike, love you, grew up loving you, but push you it know, back." Yeah, yeah. Got this day, you know. No, I'm definitely gonna order that fight. That's that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be fun. UFC's doing Fight Island. Everybody's adapting, you know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully everybody, right? I Big dog. Several boxing matches where at first they had no crowd noise, so it was awkward. It was just silence. I like the UFC crazy. without the crowd noise. I think mm. it's interesting because you hear them just beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah, I mean, I like I like to hear the blows, but, but with, <laughs> I don't know, boxing's not quite as like it's more of like a chess match than the right. UFC mm-hmm. martial arts, you know. So like the sweet science. Um, I don't know. They, the last the last one I saw, they had some crowd noise, and like I'm glad they're doing it in baseball. Did you see the uh, Did you see the thing where they had you know like weekend at Bernie's? They had Bernie one of the cutouts at the baseball game. <laughs> oh uh, man, he was just sitting back there like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're they're having fun with it. You know, at least they're they're trying, and I hope they I hope everybody's able to, you know, keep their season on track and. You know, college football just is sort of falling apart, it looks like, before it even starts. And uh, then there's, you know, the big, big division. Then it's like, well, wait a minute. If they're not going to have a season, why can't they just forego this year of eligibility and just go right to the NFL? Like a Trevor Lawrence-type situation. Like, why can't – if there's not going to be football, why can't he just go pro? Man, I feel bad yeah. for number one picks because, like, no disrespect to anyone that's a Bengals fan, but, like – to be the number one pick and go to a team 
this just sorry. <laughs> well, they show no desire to ever improve. What's going to happen though? Like, are you going to, are you going to be able to, I mean, you can't, you know, one, a, a sick quarterback isn't going to win a Super Bowl by himself. You know no. I mean? no. Andy Dalton was sick. Yeah, and they put everything around him. They just really couldn't win. Get to do anything. I mean, like, well, they uh, couldn't get past the Steelers or the Ravens. That was their problem, you know, because they have Baker, to. I mean, you know, he's got OBJ, and there's talent there. But I mean, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I like Baker. I feel like as much as I can like a Browns player. I mean, other than Daryl, Cam, <laughs> we got Cam, and dude, you know, I, mean, I can't believe that Cam Newton. Mm. I, I cannot believe that the, the Patriots were the only team that wanted to take a flyer on Cam Newton. It seems like it's fucking rigged. Straight up. I wanted the Steelers to sign him because Ben keeps getting hurt and he's getting old. Why not? Nope. Yeah, nope. Let's great. just let Bill Belichick get him. Like I would sign him to keep him away from there. God. Well, I hate the Patriots, but here's my thing. Like Matt Rule is a sick college coach, and a college quarterback rushes a lot more than an NFL quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. If he would have came in and just been like, Cam, all right, you got one year to show me something. You're healthy now and you're pissed off. Run all over everybody. PJ Run Walker. Face, you know? <laughs> Let me tell you, man, I watched PJ Walker when he was playing for the XFL. He's, he's tight. If he makes the I team, he, Cam. if he makes the team, he's going to play. I bet. I said, you run all over everybody, but don't fucking dip that shoulder, bro. Yeah, step, that, step that shit right out of bounds. Yeah, Get man. you 20 or 30 and, or just use your, just boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dip yeah. Everybody. But he's going to, I'm telling you, man, he's going to come out. <laughs> and when he's pissed and competitive and he's healthy, I hate the Patriots. And Bill Belichick's never had a rushing quarterback. Tom Brady's ass, I could probably run a faster 40. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, I, I'm, I'm having trouble seeing how that offense is going to play out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nope. I yeah. I have no reason not to believe Belichick's gonna win with Cam. You know what I mean? He's at this yeah. point I assume he's gonna win until I've seen otherwise. What do you think about the Bucks though? You think you think Brady's gonna I get feel like I feel like Brady's gonna get yeah. his ass thrashed. That's think what so? I feel like. Bro, yes. Is he gonna be able to put that weight back on or is he just gonna come out and be leaner? Dude, like, I think he's going to be pretty lean. I saw him not like a month ago, uh, pictures of him. He he wasn't that. I don't know how much bigger he can get in a month. You know, it, it like it, I've I've seen Gronk in person, and I don't. It doesn't. It's not like what like his mass. It's just how big of a human being he is. He's 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 basically a cyborg. Like, like let's let's say he's literally a cyborg. I believe he has four ACLs per knee because I've seen people go full speed. In his like at his knees, and they bounce off like fucking like pieces of paper. It's stupid. Like people like he doesn't feel pain. Like it's just one of those guys, man. You he know, off the field just like shotguns of beer. Oh, like, bro, it's ridiculous, man. I love I love Gronk. You know, as, again, Ugh. you know, I watched him thrash the Steelers many times, but I got a lot of I got to respect the guy. I mean, he's. It's a fucking I think freak. he's just ready to have fun. You know, I don't think he. I don't think well, Tampa's a good spot for that if you're into uh, Scientology yeah. and you know retirees. I was telling mean, early go to the Falcons. Yeah. You but think about it. Mm, maybe we'll see. What the Falcons? 
they're they're one of those teams everybody's always picking to do everything and they never do. You know, I don't like the new uniform with the ATL. I think that's kind of tacky looking. I don't even think I've seen it. I think they should go back to the old ones that like primetime were. Speaking of primetime, I saw he's on Barstool now. You see that? Mm-hmm. Big move. Big, big move. So before before I forget, man, I wanted you to uh, show us your signature model, uh, PRS. You were showing it to us uh, beforehand, and we were talking about gear. And, you know, I know the BT Bam fam is definitely going to want to check this out. So uh, what well, can you tell us about that bad boy right there, man? So it comes in five colors, but this is my personal favorite, the black top. Um, it's like satin black with a nice natural back. The neck is also satin maple board, the black birds, cool knobs, black everything. Just, uh, I don't know, like I've always had really nice, fancy figured tops, and PRS is, you know, kind of famous for that. But for, for some reason, there's just something about just like the, the murdered out guitar that's just tough as nails looking, you know? Yeah. And people love it. People like that one. I think it, I think it's the most popular one. Well, there's not there's not a lot of maple neck or maple fretboard uh, PRS, are there? Not that I know of. You know, I know that. Uh, I think. I mean, they they may have done. You know, the John Mayer, the Brett Mason. You know, the the guys that are like blues and country have maple boards, but they haven't put out like a a maple board metal guitar ever. Um, and not that it just does metal, you know, but. Uh, it's very versatile, very comfortable, and for the money, it's like, you know, you know, it's American built. It's, it's sick, man. Made in Maryland, right? It, huh? Maryland, right? Yep. Stevensville, which is right there with Annapolis. Um, really nice area up there, actually. Great seafood. Yeah. Anytime uh, I've been around Nam with you, the PRS crew's always been super, uh, super cool and fun to hang around with and They're the best people man. really really great people and i'm not just saying that because uh, you're sitting here but it's like I, i've been around a lot of different kinds of people like that and sometimes people are just uh they're not they're not real and they're they're really shitty you know and it's cool that uh you know great company great product great people it's uh it's pretty refreshing yeah, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about them and they've i'm just a dingus kid from north carolina a little small town and they've gone above and beyond for me man. just all the respect in the world all the love in the world so um i would be blessed to play their stuff as long as i get to play man you know i wanted to talk a little bit about um just kind of some of the things you and i have done over the years that that i i was thinking back on on uh, and, and there's and kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier and um you know Back when when I was down in Winston Salem with uh, with Extractus, back in like Christmas of 2015, and we were uh, we were recording our EP, and we were down there over Christmas, and it was like the first time I'd been away from home for for like a major holiday or something like that, and um, my mom had sent down like these all these cookies, and the boys had all like fallen asleep, and you and I were texting. It was real late, and I came over to your to your spot there at the time. And we were up like till like four thirty in the morning talking about just music and just everything. We talked about everything. We were eating all these cookies and we're watching guitar videos and shit. And um, one of the things you put on my radar early on 
in, in my kind of journey in music is this idea that like there's a there's a real cost to to doing it and that it's not always not not easy isn't even an under isn't even explain it it's like it's almost always going to be a fight and the thing that you're fighting for is like those moments where you can connect with your brothers and and your band and you connect with an audience and you perform and you you like you said before like you you make people happy you know and that makes you happy and you're doing all these things all day long to to work towards this point and then you have this humongous release of like energy that you've been storing and working up all day long or all week long or all month long. And like for me in my situation at that time, it was, you know, we had by your suggestion, you know, I was going to go to a record with somebody else. I'm not going to say who, and you were like, Hey, you know what, man, if you're going to do it and you're going to spend money, go to Jamie King. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, I'll hook it up. And next thing you know, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We spent a year working towards it. So all my energy was focused towards this thing. Now here it is. You know, it's like, I might've even been Christmas, the day going into Christmas Eve or something. And I'm, I'm over at your house. It's like four o'clock in the morning and we're eating cookies and we're talking about this. And, um, that, that loneliness and, and kind of isolation that's, that you experience as a result of having that big release of emotion or, or energy from, from a performance or from a tour or whatever, or, or traveling to record music that you've been working on really hard, really putting your focus on. It's something that the first time you experience it, it it's like shakes you. And like what the first time I had that experience, I had a panic attack. I had a legitimate panic attack. And um, it's not something I've ever talked about. And, you know, watching you guys perform the other night, I, I can see the joy, you know, we talked about that. I can see the passion and the love and the energy, not only for each other, but that you have for the music and for your craft and for the people that support you and that are there for you in that moment. And then there's the time after, and then there's that drive home, you know, and uh, you and I talked a little bit about that. And how do you... How do you do it? How have you done it all these years? How do you how do you feel about that? And what what would you say? Like, what do you think that is? Uh, again, like we were saying earlier, it depends on you as a person and like how you operate. I'm more of a I'm probably the emotional guy in the group that things affect me. Um. They always have. My whole life, I've been like that. I'm just a real feely person and uh, overly passionate about stuff, about anything, about family, about love, about music, which is love, about my guys, which is love. Um, and it's everything to me. I mean, everything. And, uh, you know, and, and, and my guys all feel that way too, but, you know, also, it depends on where you are in your life. Like, Tommy's a father and a husband, and uh, having to say goodbye to his little guy is tough, man. You know? Um, even me saying goodbye to him, I only get to see him a few times a year. 
and I look at him like, like he's my nephew. So like that, I can only imagine how tough that is for him. And so when the tour gets over, he's probably like, Oh, I miss you guys. Love you. But he's ready to go be dad. Right. Um, or, you know, maybe, maybe you're in a relationship and you can't wait to go see her or something or whoever, you know? Um, but for, for me, um, I've always felt my whole life. I've just like dreamed of being able to do this. And, um, and I've been doing it so long with these guys that I've always had a pre-tour and a post-tour warm up, come down emotionally. Right. Um, and I, I put so much pressure on myself to be prepared before a tour that I end up in a weird headspace and kind of stressed out and anxious and just not comfortable until I get that first show done. And then I'm like, I can breathe. Right. And then, you know, you do the tour and you're having breakfast together. You're having coffee together. You're having dinner together. You're playing for all these people and you're vulnerable just up there under lights with these people, uh, against everyone else, you know? So, um, you have to come down together after the show, you eat some cereal, watch sports center, whatever the hell you're doing. And, uh, after tour for me as always, it takes me a few days, man. Like, you know, like everybody gets in their cars and just disperses or goes, gets dropped off at an airport or whatever. And, um, to me, like whenever I've got to drive home now, which is like six and a half hours. So, I got all, all that time to think and, and say goodbye to my family that I briefly saw. And then I get home and you sit on the couch and it's like, like he was saying, it's loud. Like nothing is happening. There's no sound, but like you can hear your heartbeat, <laughs> doom, doom, you know, and you're overwhelmed with like, me, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with kind of anxiety and, and, and kind of some sadness, man, you know, and, um, it takes a few days to, f to feel normal again, you know, like to, to not have a schedule, you know, we got this app on our phone called master tour and it's got all the details for the day times, how many bathrooms, you know, is there a shower, uh, dusty, you got to do this at this time or whatever. And then you get home and you ain't got shit to do. So you're kind of just like, well, what do I do? And now being in a global pandemic, I've been sitting on my ass for months, just, you know, working out, playing guitar, watching TV, you know, whatever, just random trying to figure out stuff to do. And, and there's nothing to do. So we get a little, we get a little glimpse of our comfort and get to interact with fans, play some music and just feel normal and, get that huge news from Blake and, um, you know, my brother of like 20 years and, uh, and then we just all took off back to nothing, you know? So, uh, not to sound depressing or whatever, but it, it was real heavy for me, you know, it, it kind of like was a little heavier than I was expecting, you know, like I just want to go on tour and play some music with my guys and make people feel good and perform and, and like, you know, he can, you know, all you guys, you with shows and, and you with football, you know, when you, when you do a good job, 
and your particular thing that people like about you and you're doing a good job at that, the energy you get off just like locking eyes with somebody and they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that yeah. shit is like a million pounds of gold going in your bag. You know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like. And yep. for it to just stop, boom, it's a really heavy thing, man. Um, but like I said, it's not like that for everyone. I'm just kind of like the, uh, I'm a real feely and like sentimental guy. And, uh, I need to see my dudes. You know what I mean? Like I gotta see them. I gotta talk to them. I need to, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes I need to, you know, go hug one of my dudes and just be like, how you doing bastard? Yeah, man. Oh God. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here because like I feel that because like I'm and brother Jay, you know this because when I come over, you know, and when we do our pods and we twitch up, dude, I'm a I'm a touchy feely hug. I'm a hugger, dude. Like if Daryl wants to pick you up, you're going, man. Like it's like like (laughs) like. When 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 you invited me over, like you know, Fourth of July, all of that, like, dude, it's like I didn't even, I I came in. He had about fourteen Mountain Dews, by the way. It was like, amazing. I had, had like fourteen Mountain Dews, <laughs> and like people that I was meeting for the first time, I'm just like scooping them up. Yep. Like it's just because that's what it's it's something about like oh, yeah. that energy, the tone, like the, and we need more of that. And then, like, this whole COVID thing, like, dude, I'm like, fuck COVID, bro. Just because, like, it it took away the closeness, man. And, yeah. some, and sometimes, like, if you can't call your guys or if you don't see them, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you try to, you try to, you try to cope in other ways to get you close so you don't, you know, I don't know, man, like, feel as much, right? But, but feel something, right? And then, you know, and without it, it's just like, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? And then, and again, just to your point about like, um, the going separate way is like, if they, like you, like in a season you go 16 games, you know, and like, if you get, and I used to, I used to want to like make it to the playoffs, not just, not for like the sake of the team, but so like, I knew like I had that much more time yeah. to be with my guys. Absolutely. Like we were like, like DC, well, you guys are like, I'm going to Chicago in, in 2004, like we made it to the playoffs and we got eliminated first round to the Panthers. And like, I was so bummed out, not because we got eliminated by the Panthers, but because like, I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. You know, yep. but I, and I, I mean, maybe that's fucked up to say, but like, that's just how I've always been built, man. Like, or, or like, if it's like you're, I used to count the number of games we had left left in the season because I knew, like, dude, we're I'm getting we're getting so much closer to like, I got to go back to just like being in at home by myself and, you know, dealing with fucking chicks that I knew didn't really fucking care about me. You know what I mean? Like it's you know like that that type of shit. So, <clears throat> now nah, I, I feel all of that, man. And you know that's that's why I love this podcast. That's why I love these moments like right now because. I'm, I've been in like NFL films since 4 a.m. and all day. I, I, brother, we, we talk, me and Justin talk like all the time, like every day. We, we're talking about like how like our bosses are kicking us in the nuts like consummately all the time. And, and but it, it helps like get through the day 
Or like, I'm like, man, I can't wait till I go over to Justin's house and we could just fucking sit next to each other and just like shoot the shit and just like, you know, who do we got this week? Like, who's in the Cosmic Canoe? Like, the Cosmic Canoe isn't just like for, like for just like, like some for our, for a brand. Like, you're in the Cosmic Canoe right now. And I'm like, yo, like, I, I put it to you like this. Like, sometimes like when we get done with pods or we get done with stuff like this, I'll be like, hey, brother, Day, you think you like you give me like Dusty's like, you know, cell phone number that I can just call him and say what's up to him whenever, you know, just like, you know, I will. But, but that like, that's just like how I am, because like, I feel like, OK, now I got another friend, man. I got another homie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like connections, like people you meet that, you know, oh, yeah. that's the thing about about what you do and what what I do is you you're over socialized. And you get used to it, yep. and you get used to meeting all these people that live all over the place. I was just going to mm-hmm. say that, and they mean something to you. Yeah, and you got these memories together and these yep. relationships, and and you know, and it's like Nam. Yeah, you're there with all your best friends that play music, all of them. Yeah, and you're having a blast. You're drinking a beer. You're just telling jokes, cutting up, and it's the best feeling. And then you get on a plane hungover as shit and go home. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, so bad. You're listening to like Billie Eilish and you're all sad. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I don't yep. know, man, like, well, well dude, it's, you know, yeah. like, it's, I, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a unique thing, you know? Yeah, man. I was thinking about that because I, I started to, I was kind of reflecting on some of the, of the memories I can remember that weren't too foggy. Um, you know, some of the, like, the times you and I have had and in different bars in different parts of the country, you know? No, we're not alcoholics. No, it's just it's just that, like, the ones, <laughs> one, it's like the only time I ever get drunk is when, you know, BT Bam's around and I'm, I'm going to go hang out with Dusty for a few hours. My fiance knows she's driving home that night, you know? And, um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, but my, my point is, like, I've met so many wild individuals through you. And then I started thinking, like, man, how many crazy characters as he met and like what's life like going from every day you walk around you're meeting some you know it's a homeless guy with a parrot who smokes cigarettes you know in in tucson and then you know the next day it's something else um just that socialization has got to be yeah it's got to be tough man I'm, well you know like on a positive note I've, I've met so many people that i will literally never see again ever <laughs> you know and you know, I met a guy in Poughkeepsie, New York, 2006, and I'm just walking around, and he's a homeless guy, rough as hell looking, walks up to me, and his name was uh, Johnny Smoke. He was like, oh, Johnny Smoke, showed me his tattoo, and he just got out of Attica for <laughs> 25 years Ooh, damn. For, for murder because, you know, he says somebody – did something crazy to his girl and he retaliated and went to prison and he had all these stories and he was like, my back's all screwed up. I'm sleeping on this, you know, cardboard thing. I gave him like a back brace and made him like a sandwich and some water or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, I I can't remember too much of his life story, but it was fucking crazy. I mean, nuts. (laughs) I met a woman and, Melbourne, Australia, just some random old lady. And I was going through some crazy personal shit, was really down. 
And, uh, you know, I was raised, I grew up with my mom, so, and she's a real feely woman. So, like, when I'm sad and women talk to me, I was, like, like older women, like, that are, like, nurturing, it helps me. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, a, a mother figure, right? And, uh, hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, I remember she, she was just a stranger, and she stopped and, like, she was like, you look devastated. And she's like, I just want to tell you, my dad used to tell me when you get too overwhelmed and you just think nothing's going to, you're never going to get out of it, just go put your feet in the sand. Hmm. And that was all she said. And I was like, holy shit, it was so profound to me at that point. You know? Yeah. Like a total stranger coming up and just being like, it's going to be all right, man. You know, that, that was, uh, I've had a million things like that. You know, I've had, I met a lady in Florida that had terminal cancer and, and like her, her kids brought her to the show and, you know, she had me bend down and was kissing me on the face and, um, telling me all kinds of really nice things. And then I, I got to see her again at the ne- next time we were there and she waited out there for me and I came and talked to her again. And there's stuff like that that happens all the time. And that kind of stuff is always like super special to me. You know what I mean? Like just, yep. I'm from the South where you walk into a gas station, you're going to have like a, a conversation with somebody you don't know. <laughs> Getting your like, cheer wine. Yeah. You can yeah. buy a pair of shoes or some grandma on there with their kid. He needs a new pair of shoes. Like he needs a hole in the head. You know, you end up talking <laughs> yeah. to each other. It's yeah. totally normal where I'm from. Yeah. Dude, when yeah. we when we were down there in Winston, we like the first day we were there, we went to the Walmart to get like supplies and shit cuz we were going to be there for 2 weeks. And we're walking around and this guy just comes up to us and just starts talking to us about this TV we're looking at. He's like, "Yep, that's a pretty good model. I'm thinking about picking one up myself." And we're like, we all just like looked at him like, "What?" Like cuz we up here we don't do that, especially in a Walmart. You don't you don't talk to other people hey, in a Walmart hey, up here. Hey, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're like you fucking talking to me. You know, it was it was it was. Uh... Well, Telling me this TV's better than mine over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's it's a whole different it's a whole different uh, different beast. But you know, I've always I always say, you know, to people uh, that ask me about you guys or whatever, and I mean I've been with whether it's you or Blake or anybody uh, from the group, like you can have a fucking piece of pizza in your mouth and somebody comes up to you on the street and like, Oh my God, dusty. And you and you give them the time of day and you, you talk to everybody. And like, I've never, even at Nam, you know, or anywhere, you know, I've never seen or heard somebody be like, man, I'm, you know, and I think that that's part of why, you know, your fans are so drawn to you guys to support you when some, when, when shit like this is going on, I'm watching, you know, people are, are, are tipping you guys, uh, you know, to help, help keep the band going. And it was like, it was like a fucking waterfall. It was amazing, you know, and, and I'm not trying to like, it's not why you do it, obviously. That's not the only reason, but to see that just like. It's appreciated like very much, you know, like, yeah. we, it sounds cliche and stupid to say, but like, I love all of them. You know what I mean? Like, I recognize people from every time we come around. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's that guy. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? Oh, that's the guy peed on that lady last time or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember, I remember yeah. faces. And, um, 
and you know, just like me and you, I've, I've become friends with a lot of people that originally just came to the show because they liked the band. And, you know, I was walking around doing some random shit and ended up having a conversation and it happened the next time and the next time. And now, you know, we go get a, we go get some food or, or whatever. Um, that's just, uh, that's a luxury of, of this, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not something that, uh, you know, like my mom isn't used to that or something, you know what I mean? But like, um, and not everyone is like that. You know what I mean? Some people really need their personal space and really need their time to like get into the zone. And I need that, you know, like before a show, Oh yeah. I need my time to, to warm up and feel prepared. Like I, I can't ever go out on stage. There's people buying tickets. I can't go out on stage and not feel prepared. I right. would feel like I was disrespecting my guys and the fans. Mm-hmm. So I want to be dialed the fuck in before I go out. So I need my time. We, we clear everyone out of the backstage. Um, I need my time before the show. And right after the show, like literally right when we get off, you know, we typically need a minute to come down from the adrenaline of playing that music you know it's intense music um and it's you know requires endurance (laughs) (laughs) mental endurance too you know um it's pretty it's pretty wild but um yeah man i mean i don't require that much alone time you know like i i always i'll sit there and shoot the shit with people working the door at venues you know and some, you know, like I said, it's not everybody are conversation people. You know, I'll be like, yeah, man, how you doing? Everything good? And people are like, yeah, things are good. <laughs> I'm like, All right, I'll go fuck myself. See you. Have a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's, it's just different, you know. But some, like I said, sometimes, you know, uh, there's cities all over the world that there's like, repeat encounters with the people that you've hung out with and, and they become your friends and keep in touch. And I mean, all over the world. Man. So you end up missing that too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's more, it, it, there's so much to it, you know? Um, you know, I mean, shit, man. I, some days I wake up and when you're on tour and you're like in Europe in the winter time and it's dark all the time and like maybe you're in some, vehicle that you're not sleeping good and you got to piss in a bottle or some bullshit, but like, (laughs) you know, even as, you know, you're not getting any sleep or whatever. In a time like this, I find myself laying in the bed when I wake up or I'm about to go to sleep. My thoughts are racing and I'm like, damn, I miss waking up in Europe and walking to a coffee shop and getting like a croissant and just like looking at some castle and, (laughs) Being like, damn, yeah, this shit's <laughs> yeah, so awesome, man. This building is older than my country. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. That kind of shit is cool. And it's weird. We all start to miss that kind of stuff. Um, and I can't imagine living without that. Yeah. Without those people, without those experiences, without, without those venues, man. I mean, shit. You know? Like, there's venues where I'm like, 
I'm always going to sit in that chair right there. Yeah. Got to get out of my chair, you know? Yeah. Like, it, there's just so much to it, man. I just, I kind of, I kind of hyperanalyze everything and try to absorb it all every time I'm there so I can kind of live on it for a while, you know? You got to, though. Like, you got to be, you have to be present, man. It all that's that's the biggest thing that like helps, you know, with situations where, like I said, it, like like I can tell we both are feely people, and I I overanalyze. I know you do, and but that's that's the best way to be to stay present in the moment, so you don't miss anything, right? And you know, that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. The moments matter because they add up the people matter because they mean something to you. Um, and that's what keeps you connected. You know, that's, that's what helps to, to deal with silence or distance or, you know, um, the onset of the high coming down. And then, you know, the, 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 the pre, the pre, the pre before you go back up, you know what I mean? Staying in that moment, being present and, taking it all in, you know, within yourself, holding on to it, um, because that'll get you to the next moment, you know, so you can deal. This is something that came later for me, though, man, because, you know, like I said, I'm 35 now, and I think me and Blake signed our first deal when we were 16, and I've been full-time pretty much since I was 18, so... um for a long time, I was just so focused on making it and like being able to play the shows at the size that I wanted to and to like make the difference on the level that I dreamed of. And, and then, you know, shit happens in your life that's brutal and you fall apart. And there's a point in my life where I feel like I'm, I lost a few years. I was on autopilot just crushed about some shit it's not a big deal now but I look back and I'm like man there was a lot of real big shit happening for me then and a lot of amazing tours and a lot of amazing shows and a lot of really important records and stuff that I feel I can't I just feel like I hibernated through all that shit and I'm like, damn, you wake up one day and you're like, how am I this old? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck happened? But, um, but, you know, like I said, man, like just being way more clear and present in life nowadays and for how blessed we have been and I have been personally in my life to be just what I am, just a normal person, um, didn't grow up with money or nothing like that. Just to be a normal kid, to have the opportunities to go to the Grammys, to, to play big shows, to have a fucking PRS guitar with my name on it. You know, like, there's all this stuff that I've been so blessed to experience that now the least I can do is to absorb all this shit and try my best to be up here all the time. You know what I mean? Like I owe it to the universe for providing 
like I'm listening. You know what I mean? Like I. Oh yeah. I want to. I want to. I'm gonna do my best, no matter what. You know, Hell I may yeah. not be the best, but I'm gonna damn sure try. You know. Absolutely. So. I feel that. That's all. That's all you can do, man. You know, I, I feel like the greatest sin in the world is wasted talent, and uh, you know, it's always a it's always a battle fighting the uh, fighting life. Yeah. You know, life's always going to be throwing some shit at you. You know, banana pills like Mario Kart. You know, <laughs> and you're just going to have to yep. deal with it. Here comes yeah, a blue dude. shell. There goes uh, the power for three days. Yep. 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 I, I uh, one of my uh, one of my uh, Team Champlains, Harold Swain, when he was in, in Baltimore, he used to say, D.C., the one thing you got to do in this life is you you got to go through it and don't die with buried treasure, bro. Nobody can pay for it when, when you die with buried treasure. So always stay present, always stay purposeful, always be, you know, intentional. Um, so you can pay it forward to the next man for the things that you've been blessed with. So, so yeah, I like feel that say. all day. Only a fool trips on what's behind him, I heard. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just like focus on being better. Don't don't focus on shit you maybe didn't do right or mistakes you made. You know, like at the end of the day, the person thinking about that bullshit the most is you. Yeah. And that's a that's a faucet, you know, like a little quote from Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a faucet you can cut off at any point. Yeah, and the old guy said it's tough business becoming a man, you know. <laughs> and in my in my world, you can prolong growing up for a long fucking time. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can hide it. I live in Nashville. There's people out there fucking partying, and they're like in their mid forties. You know, there's people in their fifties still partying, drinking margaritas, just just looking rough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean. It's it's very easy to not to not grow up in in, in this business. So, um, like I said, and I, I just uh, you got to it's it's a happy medium, you know. Have fun, yeah. but be responsible and and try and be respectful to your opportunity. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! You know when I was when I was sick. Um, my mom used to tell me all the time that, you know, your pendulum can only swing so far into the, the negative before it has to kind of come back the other way. And I think this conversation that we're having here is really shining a light on, on how that affects kind of the three of us and all our different, you know, different paths. Uh, but they, on that shared journey that we call the cosmic canoe, you know, and, um, you know, those downtimes that we talked about earlier, are outweighed, you'll take those up, you'll, you'll do it for those up times, you know, for all those beautiful things along the way that you experience. They inspire and, the up times, you know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. you, and you can't appreciate, you know, not to, not to sound like a fucking fortune cookie here, but you can't appreciate like the, the really good stuff if, if you don't have those, those down moments, you know? You know, and, and, but the thing is, is like when people tell you, when they tell you all these like, little witty sayings and shit, you know, at the time you're always like, well, thank you, Dr. Phil. Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Excellent, sir. I should confront my problems head on. Yes. Thank you. Like, 
like, wow, the rest of my day is great now, Jim. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but again, once you're out of the shitstorm, you look back and you're like, damn, there's really no other way to say that. Right. It's true. Yep. You know? Um, I mean, damn. I, I think, you know, and it's, it's all about growing up though, man. Like, you know, growth boundaries and stuff. Like, Eventually, if you follow directions and you're not a dumbass, eventually all that stuff that used to weigh you down, it doesn't affect you anymore. You grew. Yeah. You you look back and you're like, damn, I wish I would have handled that differently. But same time, maybe I wouldn't be here without that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you really do kind of have to – get a little slice of humble pie before you, before you can come back up and, you know, get the glow up as, as the young people say. That's what the kids say. Well, I think you're, yeah, I think you, uh, I think that's what we're all in the middle of brother. And whether it's you and the BT band boys or, you know, you know, we just had a couple guys on from periphery, even, even John Petrucci, the mighty John Petrucci from dream theater. We're all kind of experiencing this lull. You know, this, this, this moment of without what the things we love and, you know, we are going to get them back and it is, it it is coming. And, um, when it does, I think we're all going to be better for it. And I think, I think people are really going to appreciate the shows and I bet you there'll be a huge increase in, in a lot of different yeah i mean people are gonna be starving for for entertainment man like i I know you know tours will be great things will be really really good but it's more than that you know what i mean it's it's you know that's all just like personal shit that that i want yeah but i hope it's coming my hope is that when people when we all come out of this that people are more grateful yeah for the little comforts that they have. And they also are just nicer to each other, man. Hell yeah, dude. It's 2020, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's so That's easy to be, fight. it's so be easy to be mean when you're, you know, <laughs> behind a, behind a, a screen. And a perfect example is uh, some of the different comments that I've gotten over the course of doing the podcast and having guests on like yourself that, that have, you know, uh, a social following and majority of people are cool. You know, 98% of the people are cool, but then there's like these two percenters that like sneak in there and they just, it, it occupies like 99% of my brain at the moment. Uh, and, and any given moment at that time, you know, and, uh, that's like a struggle to, to work past that. And I, and I agree. I think, um, I think people should be nicer, but I think the result of this is, a lot more people are going to be getting used to talking shit on the internet without repercussion. And then that's going to just like, I, I, I don't want to be cynical, but I just hope that people don't get used to living this remote lifestyle because we are, it's going to be like Wally, you know, when all those people get all humongous and on those little fucking floater car, ro- robot car things like that's, that could be where we're headed. If, if, if we don't all, you know, stay moving. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, like social media, like I didn't grow up with the internet. I didn't grow up with social media and, and it's become, it's become such a tool for what I do and, you know, what you guys are doing. And, um, 
it's it's an imaginary world you know what i mean and uh shit it's a lot of you know i feel bad for for kids because like you know it's an imaginary world and 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 everything is so fucking unrealistic yeah you know what i mean so manicured yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody worships this this technology god in their hands, and and it's all fake. You're not paying attention to that the world, the actual world you're living in. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And, and there, and humanity has suffered because of that shit. Respect has suffered because of that shit. You know, accountability has suffered because of that shit. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever have a kid, but if I do, my goal would be to produce people that actually contribute to the well-being of the world. You know what I mean? People that can benefit someone else's life that are kind, that, you know, that just aren't shitheads, that, that actually have a, a clue that have gotten a glimpse of the real world, you know? Yeah. Um, especially being from where I'm from, it, it's it's very easy to just be living in this this little bubble of Facebook and, you know, they don't, they don't realize that there's a little, there's some guy in his shit stained underwear and his grandma's basement creating these clickbait articles that aren't true. And his job is to do that. So you guys will fight with each other. Yeah. So you don't see what's going on over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. It's just, uh, it's an odd, it's an odd time, dude. It's a fucking odd time. And, uh, you know, one, one thing about our fans is they're, they're all such sweet people and they, you know, the, the between the bear to me Facebook group, like all yeah. the, we have a subreddit yep. and people are just really nice to each other and they, they share, uh, they become friends. They keep in touch. They, they share their collections. They, they share videos and pictures and stories and they just chat and yep. they're, they're sweet people, you know? Um, and I think that's why we all need this because with all the distortion and shit out there, all the, like, all the static, there's still something pure right in front of you that you can kind of lose yourself in. Um, and, and sports is like that for me too, man. I'm, I'm like a huge sports fan. I grew up playing sports. I just stopped growing <laughs> and was way better at guitar than I was sports. You know what I mean? There you go. I grew up with Chris Paul, man. He's my my claim to fame for. That is pretty crazy. Didn't you play like little league basketball with him or something? No, we played pop Warner football. We went to the national Super Bowl in '95, uh, and Dan Marino. He was like the announcer for our game. <laughs> Sweet dude. Sweet. He was like the, he was the best player on the team. He was the, he was like the tailback and quarterback, and um, then we get to high school. And in ninth grade, he's dunking on people at like five eight, and I was like, "Wait, you play basketball?" And he was sick. And then he, you know, he went to Wake for two years, just dunking on fools. And his era of college basketball was money. I mean, it was Raymond Felton, Sean May, Julius Hodge, uh, uh, what's that guy, Sheldon uh, Williams. Um, I mean, you know, there was just a lot of JJ Redick, uh, what's your boy's name from Georgia Tech, um, Jarrett Jack, 
there was just like a bunch of high profile college players. Mm-hmm. Like I actually paid attention and, um, and then he went to the NBA and he's been like super solid ever since then. He's, he's given back to our high school, to our, he actually through our 10 year reunion, got to see him again. And, um, that's pretty cool. I'm Hell yeah. so proud of the guy he turned out to be, man, like hell of an athlete left his mark. Um, real classy family. Um, his, uh, his parents were always very sweet to me because, you know, my mom was a single mom with bringing me to all these places. They'd always have us come and eat with them and stuff and just killer family, man. Sweet. Killer dude. people, killer, killer guy. And uh, it's, it's just cool to, you know, that shit, man. I couldn't hit a free throw if my life depended on it. But cool <laughs> yeah, no guy that good at something. It's cool, to, it's cool to see like a guy where you're from that's just done it big. Yeah, yeah, really like, on shoot. a global level. That's really cool. Yeah, well, before I forget, fun. man, I, you know, you were talking about the subreddit, and I got to say, I, every time, every time, whether you know, we just had Tommy on the pod a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, every, every time we've had had these conversations with you guys, uh, the support and the, the love we get from the subreddit is, is amazing. And specifically, I want to thank, you know, Papa Crip. Uh, he's the moderator there. He runs the show. And Papa, Papa, Crip, Crip. Is, Papa Crip's the man. He takes no <laughs> shit. Uh, and he, he, he he's part of the reason. Well, no, it's a, the reason I'm saying this is is uh, the way they run things over there. And there's a couple other moderators. But um, it, that's the, the, they reflect kind of, you know, you guys, the energy you give out. And I always say it every time, you know, I have a chance, you know, there's, you're, you guys are a special group of guys together. You know, it's like the fucking, uh, Voltron coming together, you know? And, oh, yeah, and, and dude, when I see form, you guys, form, when, I, when I see you guys perform and, and, and dude, you know me, man, like, I guess like you, you'll ask me like, Hey, how'd that sound? And I'll tell you what I think it sounded like. And it's because, you know, I'm going to give you an honest opinion. You know, I always tell you the truth. And I'll be like, yeah, maybe this was not too, maybe this was loud. I don't know, whatever. But, I mean, I've seen you guys play from literally the the Unitarian Church basement in Philly all the way up to, you know, PlayStation Theater and just all over the place. And watching you guys like that on Twitch the other night, man, I just, I can't wait to see what you guys have on stage when you finally get back on stage. And I know everybody's really looking forward to that. And, um be hungry that's for sure man i know you will be brother i know you will be and i'm sure you guys are cooking some something good up and i know people are going to be all over me but the way i look at it is you guys answered a bunch of fan questions you you took everybody's questions all weekend and you guys kind of covered anything that that would have come out i think um so you know as far as new music and what what your plans are so check that out if you're looking for that but um but dusty man this has been um this has been a really awesome conversation and i think um i think it's an important one to have so that so that people can kind of see what's what the other side of the coin is like it's not always you know it's not always cherry pie and yeah and like you know like i said just just you know i would just encourage everyone to always consider that everyone's different and um you know i know there's i've had conversations with fans that are like man i work a job that bums me out um there's not much to do here and I listen to you guys all the time and I've been looking forward to this show for six months. Yeah. And when that show's over, they probably feel the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a bum out when you, when you 
football season starts and you're you watching football all day on Sunday and the last game ends and you're still you're like, damn, I wish I could watch some more football, you know, mm-hmm. or or like there's like a there's not I don't know, the the game's blacked out, the night game or something, you know, it's um or anything like, you know, whatever your interest is, whether it's sports or music or shit, anything, um, you know, you, we all have an emotional attachment to it in some way. And, uh, sports are also suffering. Everything is suffering right now. And and I just really, really, really hope that, uh, this is all taken care of sooner than later and that we don't have to do a bunch of bullshit. That's just not necessary. Um, I'm not wearing any goggles. I'll tell you that right now. That's I not happening. Want, I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to be happy and have the yeah. opportunity yep. and people to have respect for one another and, you know, people to just learn a fucking lesson from this and be better, do better. You know, we're all in this shit together. Hell yeah, bro. You know, I know what I'll tell you one thing when all this shit is clear, like, masks off and vaccines are in and shit like that. I'm hugging the shit out of everybody, bro. Yeah, man. Everybody, every everybody's getting it, bro. I don't know you, you fucking hug, bro. Come here, give me a fucking hug you. Yeah. Oh, get over here, dude. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Across the parking lot. Just you boy. Fucking oh I got him. Oh <laughs> Yeah, the, I'll tell you, man. Next uh, next time, you guys, it's a shame because Daryl was prepared and ready to go uh, for that last show that was going to be in May uh, when you guys were going to come through. And uh, his his well, first BT. Before we do, so yeah, it's still going to happen. Oh, I know it will. So whatever happens, me and you're eating cheese. Yeah. Oh, dude, you wait till wait till you see this boy. Eat. Wait till you see me, Dusty, Yo. my brother. Love you, man. Thank you for coming on the show with us, man. And uh, thanks, bro. We'll catch you. We'll catch you around. uh, We'll catch you soon, brother. All right, guys.